0: Man, what a great opportunity. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. I always love um, when we get the opportunity to see transformative stories about how God just does something cool in somebody's life when they're just kind of leaning all the way in. And uh, what a wonderful opportunity If you're last minute. Hey, it's not too late. It starts tomorrow. You guys can get hooked up. And um, it's really just a, a vehicle or a tool in which really starts this process of becoming a wholehearted follower that gives you some things to grasp onto and some really deep conversations to get into Um, And so I highly recommend that. Um, Just like the morning, Sunday mornings, as we gather here, um, our mission is really to become a wholehearted follower of Jesus. And um, gathering like this is just one of those ways in which we do that. Um, So I'm glad you're participating that way. Um, We have been having a conversation. We started a 10-week conversation actually um, just before Easter, not just before, leading up to Easter. And uh, we were using this book called Believe. Believe. And the first 10 weeks, we were talking about the fundamentals of our beliefs. If you're a follower of God, a follower of Jesus, what is it that you believe? What do you believe about the Bible? What do you believe about humanity, compassion, salvation, eternity, God, um, that really kind of uh, allowed us some space uh, or tension to struggle with what we do believe and why specifically we believe it. Maybe even... Um, finding out how much of our beliefs are wrapped, maybe in tradition, but not in God's Word, in understanding of who He is and what His heart is um, for us. Um, so it was really a beautiful conversation, um, I thought, that really spurred on some um, transformative moments in people's lives uh, as they as they as we journeyed through that together. So last week we celebrate Resurrection, uh, which we actually get to do every week. Um, it's why we're here. It's why we're together. And today, we are kicking back into this next segment of belief. And so now we've talked about our beliefs and what it is we believe in and how that's structured, what that looks like. And now, for the next 10 weeks, we're going to talk about what it looks like to act that out, right? If you want to understand what someone really believes in, you usually can identify that with the way they live that out and act that out in their life. So if we believe this... Um, If we believe God and we believe um, that we're called to be in his likeness um, and to be a disciple or seek after him, what does it look like uh, in our different spheres, in our homes, communities, and worlds to live that out? Um, What does it uh, look like specifically to um, allow others and invite them into this grace-filled community? Um, And today, um, we're picking up Uh, And we're going to have the conversation that kind of starts us off. We're talking about a lifestyle of worship. How do we live a lifestyle of worship? How do we live a life that's honoring to God, that recognizes that God has given me uh, and gifted me and allowed me and called me into opportunities and things? How do we recognize that on a continual basis in our homes, communities, and world? Um, what would that look like? And if you have not gotten this book yet, we want to give it to you as a free gift. You can get it at the new friends table. You can get it at the information desk. Um, and if you've gotten one of these already, I know that by the end of this service, somebody's name is going to come on your head and on your heart. They're going to say, it would be great if we could have a conversation about this. Even if you just read one chapter a week and said, hey, can we get together at work? Hey, can we get together after the gym? Hey, can we get together with your children or, hey, can we talk on the way to school drop-offs or on the way somewhere else that we go on a regular basis about the chapter we're in this week? What does this look like in our lives? Let's just open up a dialogue and see how God leads and directs us. So that's five bucks. You got your free one. Go grab one for five bucks and give it to somebody else and invite yourself into that conversation. I really believe there's some huge blessings that come out of it. But when it comes to a lifestyle of worship... Um, we get to see there's a guy named Paul in the New Testament. He wrote a lot of the New Testament, the letters that we see. The New Testament um, is in the Bible, it's the second half of the Bible, um, and the Gospels are there, and then a lot of letters um, to the church or to us on how to live a Christ like life and figure this thing out um, in this new covenant world uh, where God has given his son. And uh, Paul um, um, speaks to some of this lifestyle worship in a book called Colossians in chapter 3 verses one through three. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. So those of you who have said, um, I'm a follower of God, I'm a follower of Jesus, um, and I'm attaching myself to him in his ways. Since those of you who are like this, raised with Christ, set your hearts, your hearts on the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God and set our minds, so our hearts and our minds, On things above, not on earthly things. And how uh, antithetical that can be at times in our lives, because I know a lot of us, we can really get focused on earthly things. Our hearts and our minds, our wants and our desires, and what does it look like to live a lifestyle that is honoring and worshipful to God and Jesus and who He is? I know even if you just asked yourself of the things you've thought about this morning, Um, in your head and in your heart, your desires, your recognition of who God is, does it happen? And how do we maybe transform that idea to where it takes place on a somewhat regular uh, basis? Um, Whether it's envying a promotion, a car, a house, uh, an object, um, but understanding who God is in this world that we live in. And I'm going to introduce to you a friend that we actually have here to Kind of uh, facilitate this discussion with me today. His name's Austin Carr. Austin um, went to Benicia High School, grew up in the Benicia area, um, and then went on to Northwestern uh, University. Um, and uh, he uh, played, got to play football. He walked on there, uh, played football, and had a breakout um, career there at Northwestern. I remember we had bantered a handful of times when he had uh, come here to Northgate. And I was excited. He was going to college, and he was going to get to play football. And he was a running back here locally. And I said, dude, they're going to put your hand on the ground. This is going to have him. He's like, no way, man. I'm running back. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, they didn't put his hand on the ground, but they made him a wide receiver. And uh, he got to learn a whole new game there. And uh, he has been blessed with that gift and killed it. And God's really been using that in cool ways. And then he got drafted uh, by the New England Patriots. And, uh, you know, like this young kid now is getting to catch balls from Tom Brady and be mentored in that place. He, uh, he did cool things like that. The one thing that him and I really have in common is we're both athletes, so <clears throat> you're laughing at him. I totally get it. Um, so, like, I was like, oh, we'll do one of your pictures. I got some action shots like that, too. and. Um, but like you get to do this, is you're like, well, like you're, you know, you're. He's very talented at what he does. Has a very specific, special job, and um, uh, was actually the the last guy um, to get cut from the roster there. But got picked up by the New Orleans Saints. So you go from right on. Um, you go from uh, catching balls from Tom Brady to now you're working with Drew Brees. Um, like he's spoiled. Let's just say what it is. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, um, He's he's not just a player in the NFL. Um, he's just like you and I, and I want to make some of that connection about how you live a, a lifestyle of worship that's God-oriented. So, will you please welcome with me, Austin Carr? so... There we go. So. Um, <clears throat> How's it feel to be an athlete and be in the presence of?
1: It's uh, great. Yeah, I heard you're an athlete too. I, I, I want to know what's your sport or what, what do you. What's
0: I'm versatile.
1: <laughs> yeah? Okay. I do a lot of things okay. with excellence. So, mm. um, you you're know. S- you were telling me backstage, like competitive eating or something. <laughs> what was that? You, you said that, not me. You said oh, that. Oh, no, you can't dig yourself I, out of that no, one. Oh, come on.
0: <sighs> um, yeah. I do stuff. In,
1: okay. You know, okay.
0: Cool. Cool. It's usually, um, we're not here to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. We're Let's talking. Move on. We can move on. I'm just, um, <clears throat> I'm a specimen. I'm just, I like mm. to say like, I'm a tall drink. Just, just drink it in. Like I respect I that. Know. Some people yeah. are like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I know <laughs> yeah. I'll train I under you. wake up and look in the mirror every day for reals. Absolutely. So anyways, I know how you feel totally. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, man, it's so good to have you here. I'm glad you're here. Um, We're really talking about this idea um, about how do I honor God in the way that He deserves as a follower of Jesus, and um, this idea of like, I need to worship God for who He is and what He's done for me on a regular basis, and living that out in my systems. Um, And before we really get to tease that out, Um, In your sphere, um, would you just tell us all just a little bit of your story, your background, kind of where you're at, where you're coming from?
1: Yeah. So um, born and raised in California, born in Santa Monica, but uh, moved up here when I was young, went to Joe Henderson Elementary. Yeah, the hounds. Okay. (laughs) Henderson Hounds, yeah. yeah. There's some hounds here. Yes. Um, And then Benicia Middle and then Benicia High, um, very involved with a lot of different things, musical theater, uh, sports, athletics, leadership, and so on. Did well enough on the football field and academically to get into Northwestern. North Korea, um, yeah. and That's a, didn't, an elite school. Yeah, solid school. Yeah. Love it. Um, did anyone here go to Northwestern? No. Whoop-de-whoop. One. Oh, there, All yeah. right. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll connect after. Uh, <laughs> but God was uh, gracious enough to, to get me into that school, and, and uh, I didn't get a scholarship, but they saw my tape at Benicia High um, and offered me kind of that walk-on position, and so... Played five years there, my fifth year, had kind of a breakout season, and by God's grace, I'm in the NFL now.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's a good story. Um, And so one of the things, part of your story, um, you know, as we kind of get into this conversation uh, about lifestyle worship is that, um, you know, Austin is really just like, Austin's actually sat in the seats just like you sat in here and been through. Um, Northgate and this community and followed Jesus and looked at what that looks like in your life. Can you tell us just a little bit about that part of your story? Yeah,
1: so my upbringing, I I did come to Northgate sometimes. I didn't always go to small group. I'm sorry. No, you you
0: totally connected with a lot of people right now. Yeah,
1: okay. (laughs) Um, But I I would say that's a part of my testimony. I knew about God growing up. I didn't Know God, I think, personally, until around middle school when my parents got divorced. And in that kind of valley in my life, I realized you know, you can only kind of look up and you see the greatness of God and you see His love for you. And uh, my sophomore year in high school, now, decided hold on, get... hold
0: on, time out. Did you guys get that? When you're in that valley of your life, you, the only thing you can do is look up. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good. Yeah.
1: There's a C.S. Lewis quote that I really like. He says, uh, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts to us in our pain. When I was in kind of that painful place in life, I think God used that to draw me to himself. Yeah. Um, sophomore year, got baptized, gave my life to Jesus. But, yeah, hallelujah, praise God. Yes, that was like my, yeah, absolutely. I shouldn't overlook that. Um, but I think that my maturity... Kind of stunted until I really got to college. So I was in high school. I wasn't really growing in the knowledge of God. I wasn't growing closer to Jesus. I didn't really learn how to read my Bible. College came, and that's again, I wasn't going to small group. I should have gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then college comes around, and that's where I really got plugged into a solid group of athletes who also love Jesus and who have the same goal as me: grow yeah. closer to God yeah. and don't grow for your own glory. So it
0: was really just a, a, the importance of community. Absolutely. Being a part of a community. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, That's great. Um, so, um, you know, we're, we're all people in process. We all have different spheres of influence, whether it's at our workplace or, you know, kind of the, the platform even or the sphere of influence. God's really got us mm-hmm. in right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, and he, he starts with you where you're at. That was the biggest thing. I, I think looking back, we, we think that we become a Christian and we got to be perfect. Yeah. No, he walks with you wherever you are on your journey, which... I'm, yeah. a, I'm a testament to that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and we all put our pants on the
1: same way ish. Just about, yeah. 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 And um, <clears throat> mine are tighter, I guess. My work pants are. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm you can am them athlete. I'm an athlete. Right? I got a yeah. like, real. Uh. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about like, what are your thoughts when it comes to the workplace? Because, I mean, let's just, let's just be real. I mean, you're, you got a job, your job is in um, the National Football League. Um, it connects to us on the same sort of level. We all have different jobs, different platforms, different opportunities, but you know, let's be straightforward to you. You have a job out of 250 ish or so folks in the world, have your job at this elite level. What are your thoughts on following God, honoring God, living a lifestyle of worship in a workplace, just like where some of us might be in this condition where maybe your job is worshiped? Maybe that promotion, um, or maybe it's not at all, and it's almost you know, not even allowed, it's taboo um, to live that type of lifestyle in an environment. What is that? Right, right. What are your thoughts? What does that look like for somebody like you?
1: Yeah, so I think just universally following God in the workplace begins with surrendering to him, mm. um, acknowledging that his ways are higher than my place, ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, his plan for my life, and kind of the blueprint for human existence is better than the blueprint that I would create for myself, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to humble myself and to acknowledge that how he wants me to live and how he's changed me is for a purpose and it's better than how I might think. Um, and he strengthens me in that. And I go back to him in the word and, and, and I meet with him daily. I try to meet with God daily to, to grow yeah. in my faith um, in such a way that I can have an effect on those around me. And I, when I look back, I realize the NFL is great. It's, it's filled with... Awesome guys that are Christians, but mm. there's also a really dark side to it. I, I would say that there are areas that I wasn't fully aware of going in that now looking right. back, it's like, wow, um, I could have been better prepared. But I did have mentors that were talking to me about. Um, so just, where you
0: see some good, but there's like some really dark sides. Yeah.
1: I mean, there there are pockets of just cultures of sexual morality and adultery and gambling problems and alcoholism and you see them on Sunday you see us play on Sunday you know with a helmet and pads on but you don't see the Monday through Saturday that guys are really
0: pride, idolatry
1: idolatry of self, idolatry of self image um, which we can all identify with and and when I was preparing for the Combine um, one of my mentors who was helping me in Chicago uh, Nick Roach he was a Linebacker for the Raiders. I don't know if there's any Raiders fan. Some yeah. Of Some of them. Okay. Um, okay we
0: don't yeah. talk about the Raiders in church here.
1: <laughs> okay. Why, why not? Do you have a different? You have?
0: Well, because I know the truth. I'm a Denver Broncos fan.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I believe in a God of transformation, so. <laughs> you could well. Um... One the saints. Transform you into a saint. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll pray for you. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Is that what it's going to be like? Um, well, when I was a young man, I really felt like the Lord led me and showed me the truth through mm. through the Denver Broncos. Mm. John Elway. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I'm not from Nazareth, but, you know, I love Jesus. I found yeah, that truth. Yeah. Same okay. thing. I'm not from
1: Denver, but it went like, Paca! and I was like, yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> I respect that. God still transforms, but yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: yeah. <laughs> We're all a work in progress. Yeah.
1: But, but Nick yeah. Roach, yeah. back to the worst Wait assignment. till um, you're playing for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they might be watching. I don't know. Okay. Um, so Nick Roach was kind of coaching me up on what it's like in the NFL, coaching yeah. me up on um, what I should expect. And one of the things he brought up was once you have money, you know, if you could draft it and, and do well there's a kind of culture of, if you got it, show it. And so mm. they're going to expect you to have a, a really nice car, kind of your teammates. Yeah. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, like Audi, like really nice Audis and Maseratis and a lot of, you know, really good cars. And I was like, well, what did you drive, Nick? And he said, I drove a Prius. And I said, <laughs> wow, really? And so, he, and he's a Christian. He was like, yeah, I mean, I just want to save gas. and I didn't care about them. And so I asked, like, did they like, what do they say to you? And he said, like, they made fun of me all the time. And um, so with that lens going in, I think uh, it's not bad to own a nice car. It's, it's not sinful. But for me, I was kind of prepared for that, prepared for that kind of maybe resistance or mocking. And um, I am still driving the same car I had in college. Uh, grandpa came through with a 2000 Lexus GS300 and, um, yeah, I know it's a Lexus. I don't know, my, it might sound kind of nice and bougie to you guys, but my teammates call me cheap, so. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's your grandpa's car? Grandpa's yeah. car. Yeah. That's great. I, um, I love that idea, if we can like, hang on to that for a moment, of um, if you got it, then you got to show it. What does that look like um, for us um, as followers of Jesus, um, when you got it, you got to show it? Mm. And um, what does that look like? You know, in an area um, um, where maybe people don't deal well, um, that you got this this whole Jesus idea, this transformational thing, um, mm-hmm. and you start to show that in the workplace. How, yeah. how What kind of pressures do you deal with? How does that? How do you live that out? Yeah.
1: So, to to that question, I would say you begin to open doors initially, I think, with excellence in your job. Mm. Um, yeah, you're saved, you believe in Christ. Walking in on day one, everyone isn't asking you to start a Bible study or anything. Yeah, Many times the doors open through seeing the kind of person you are and seeing you live consistently with what you say you believe. Having a good work ethic, showing up on time, uh, not having disciplinary issues and so on. No, You don't need to be perfect, but people can see the trend of a hypocrite or they can see a trend of someone who believes what they say they believe, yeah. and lives that out. And then they might ask you a question or two. They might see you do really well yeah. and maybe like, ask you don't. is it about you? Know, you? There's something yeah, what's, different. What, what that is can't... that about him? You know, yeah. And by God's grace, I did start to see that by the yeah. end of the season. And maybe we'll get into that later. But um, building that platform, I think, within your own context yeah. begins with, with people that don't, maybe don't see eye to eye religiously with yeah. you. Begins with being an excellent teammate, being an excellent worker, and so yeah. on.
0: No, I am. Um, that's so good. I mean, uh, and side note, I think that's why some of the best people to hire are Christians, are followers of Jesus, because of their morale, because of their um, understanding of service of others, and um, those types of decision makers. And that's who we should be. By the way, did did we catch that that he said? His lifestyle, living that out, which can seem somewhat normal to some people, is actually what opened the doors to have conversations mm-hmm. about why he lives this way—not just to be a better person, but because mm-hmm. of a great God who's done a transformation in Absolutely. your life. yeah, that's so good. Got to hang on to that. Yeah, um, can you uh, maybe describe a time for us when maybe teammates or others resisted you um, when it came to your lifestyle of worship? I know. Many of us can have this in our, yeah. you know, whether it's in like our community, mm-hmm. you know, or our neighbor we're talking to, they're like, yeah, don't talk to me about your church thing, right. or right. maybe in work, you can't even have conversations, or uh, maybe your workmates, you know, like mm-hmm. slough you off, or yeah. something. For us, can you maybe describe some of those same type of ideas when it comes to you and, and yeah. your workplace?
1: So maybe to start in college, I did have a very vibrant time with... Uh, a pocket, I think, of um, very passionate atheists, actually, on my team. There's like two or three of them, and they just happened to have lockers right nearby me. Um, I thank God that I, before then, had, like, begun to really investigate into philosophy and Christian philosophy, so I majored in philosophy, so that really equipped me and helped me to be able to converse with them, but they did mock me. They did say things that were like, it's ridiculous that you believe in this Jesus man. Nobody can be raised from the dead and would go on and on and we'd have um, healthy debates. I wouldn't say they got heated and were like, yeah. we, we got angry, but um, th- that was an, a direct example of that in, in that workplace. I would say in the NFL, it's uh, the best analogy would be kind of like if your boss is open to Christianity or open to the gospel or not. and So every NFL team has um, the opportunity to have a chaplain and that kind of goes through the owner through the head coach to see if they, you know, if they allow it that you can have a chaplain and some teams yeah. don't yeah. Um, some teams have coaches or ownership that no I don't want any of that spiritual out- spirituality right. they might see a bible you're study yes you're
0: here to do a, job, yes, you're here to do a job, job
1: and that's all that matters right. um, I, I see though the need for it um, guys are lonely guys need hope guys are struggling mm-hmm. with all those things that I talked about In their Monday through Saturday, um, a chaplain is someone who can be there walking with them in their personal life, not as a fan, but as someone who loves their soul,
0: Absolutely, Um,
1: which which, as a Christian, I want to also be that presence to my teammates. I'm not just a guy on Sunday and at practice. I'm someone who cares about your soul, who loves you, and who can have a conversation with you.
0: Yeah. What are some ways maybe tangibly that um, we can invite others into or be in an encouraging space or maybe even... Um, is there examples of when you've started something, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, even for like this team atmosphere that wasn't, you know, smack everybody in the face, but really right. just to come alongside of like, this is who I am, this is how I live out. And I mm-hmm. want to invite you into that a little.
1: So about halfway through the season, I noticed a population of guys on the team that I think, I could tell they wanted to grow in their faith. They didn't really know how. They were showing up to the, some of the Bible studies, but maybe... Having, through conversations, I, I could tell they wanted to grow. And so I started a prayer group and I invited some guys um, Saturday nights right before the game. The, the night before the game, we're in a hotel together. Yeah. Hey, like, who wants to pray? Um, it wasn't a very big ask. It was just, hey, I've noticed, you know, you've showed up a few times. Do you yeah. just want to pray? I mean, you don't even have to pray, but we could just share life and talk and then I'll pray for you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that continued through the end of the season. And I, I could just say that God has been so gracious through that. We're still connected. We call, called ourselves the Iron Circle. Yeah. Um, and we st- we're, i mean, we might be on four different teams. Did you
0: guys make a t-shirt? Or anything? Yeah, we
1: had a t-shirt, promotions. <laughs> there's merch in the lobby. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: like um, a
1: <laughs> special
0: handshake. Right, and stuff. right.
1: But um, we're still connected, and we're still yeah. building each other up and praying for one another. And I think that's the eternal focus that matters the most. Um, I care about this season, but... Yeah. More than that, I care about where they're spending eternity.
0: Wow. Could we look at our own workplaces like that? I mean, you know, we care about our job and we're passionate about but how much do we care about the people that are living around us on a consistent and constant basis? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, or even, you know, that's so wonderful. I mean, like starting a prayer group, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or a small study or, you know, a conversation in the midst of working out, some sort of commonality. I mean, that's what Absolutely. you're talking about. I think that's something we can really... Um, connect with. Yeah. How do you um, maybe focus on that can challenge us? How do you start your day? Um, yeah. You know, saying like, hey, today I've got to have some folks. I'm going to live this out. I'm going to live the life that's God honoring. What, yeah. what does that look like?
1: I would say it looks no different than hopefully what we all strive for, which is to meet with God, to um, devote that day, to devote the work that we're going to do to God. And um, my best days are the days where I begin digging into the word, mm. praying. Not focusing on social media, not focusing on the news and so on and so forth. Wow. Not that those are bad things, yeah. but I want to set the tone. Jesus rose early each day to pray to God, yeah. right? To be yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Why would I think that I don't need that if the Son of God yeah. went to do that, right? So That's so good. How, how yeah. many
0: of us um, could really benefit um, from instead of responding or allowing the shouts of the world begin your day, um, rather than the whispers Absolutely. of God. Absolutely. That we could start a day with the whispers from the Lord yeah. uh, and surrender that to Him, and then it's going to happen. Absolutely. It's going to shout at you.
1: Absolutely. And it's going to pull
0: you and tug you. That's Absolutely. so good.
1: Like, you should tweet that, man. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm an athlete.
1: <laughs> I love, it. I love um,
0: it. Is there anybody, uh, just one last kind of... Uh, question before we start to wrap up is there anybody mm-hmm. uh for you and you know you're playing for the Saints anyone or even in the NFL that you um look up to athletically or even spiritually in the NFL today yeah. what does that look like yeah. why why
1: um i would say i do um one of the foremost would be Matt Slater um he is a player on the Patriots mm-hmm. he's been there for over 10 years and um he's a man of faith also a four five-time pro bowler for special teams. Yeah. And uh, his work ethic precedes his reputation going in and then seeing the amount of respect that everybody in that organization has for him. It isn't necessarily, for, for most people, it's not like, oh, he's a Christian, I respect him. No, it's like he works hard. He yeah. is a trustworthy teammate. He, like he's a counter. That's kind of one of the words that you, I can count on you. You're a counter. Yeah. Right, and and I strive to kind of be that kind of trustworthy teammate that he is, and um, also leads Bible studies and, and is a man of faith. Um, when we when I when I got to New England and during the first month of training camp, um, he actually took me and my wife into his home to stay okay. an entire month. Wow, he had just had a baby too, so yeah. um, he needed help. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He was trying to say you should wait.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, no, no. Erica did help with babysitting a little bit. But, I mean, that kind of hospitable spirit was something that you see day in, day out. It's like, wow, that's special, and I hope to live that way someday.
0: Did you recognize how um, maybe people change their own posture around him of uh, even a respect? or Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to talk like that Mm -hmm, around him mm -hmm. or act like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you see them... I don't know, when, when he speaks, you can tell that, that people listen. Yeah, when wow. when he, um, he has a lot of one-on-one conversations, too. You'll see him. There's yeah. stuff that n- none of the cameras see, but in the locker rooms. I mean, he'll be yeah. almost like ministering to someone's spirit. He's just talking to them, maybe digging a little deeper. And yeah. It's awesome. I want to do that one day.
0: What a great example. That, that, and that's a challenge. Could we be a people of faith, of God, um, that causes the same type of reaction because of your... Um, lifestyle of worship, could it cause a shift in us uh, that draws people close because of who God is in our yeah. life, that's so good. Absolutely. Um, you know, Austin and I talked about this a bit of like really where his heart is at is um, that the gospel would be moved forward, that Jesus' name would be lifted high because of the transform- transformative work that has happened in your life and countless lives that you get to see Um, and the platforms we get invited into, and um, really wanted to make sure that we got that across clearly today, and so um, if there, uh, I want you to know this, and this is his heart, he's going to talk about it too, but if there's there's a really simple theology that we believe here about who God is, is that there is nothing um, so dead in your life that he cannot resurrect it again, Mm. and uh, I know that you've Mm. gotten to see that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Man,
0: through relationships you've watched, you know, whether yeah. even it's been yourself or you've just felt like you were at a dead end mm-hmm. or you felt dead mm-hmm. or just your life just all of a sudden was a mess and you're like, I don't yeah. know how we yeah. come back from this.
1: So I'm mentoring some guys in New Orleans um, at Tulane University, some of the football players and the n- other athletes and um, one, of, one of my friends in particular, Alex, yeah. uh, just what you say, I mean, death, resurrection. I mean, it's amazing to see once you open the Bible... Um, once you start to share the gospel message with somebody yeah. who's open to it, yeah. you see those areas in their life, just over time, those dead areas come to life, mm-hmm. and you see the soul that was once dead or that kind of rejected God. You see them warm up, and then you see them receive Jesus with joy, and that's what I was blessed to be able to see um, literally a few weeks ago. And you know, they don't turn to me and say, oh my gosh, Austin, you're so amazing. They say, oh my goodness, God is so good.
0: Wow. So, that's where it's at. Because only he can do that transformative mm-hmm. work. Absolutely. So you know people, or maybe you're here today, and there's, they're feeling dead like you're saying you have friends, or maybe you're in here today and you're feeling like part of your life is just dead. There's nothing so dead that our transformative God cannot resurrect again. There's also nothing so lost. There's nothing so lost that he cannot find, that he cannot shed light on. I mean, you've seen, we've seen countless people. You know people. Mm. Who are just feeling lost yeah. um, whether it's in the things that they've done or gotten into that because of the resurrection mm. is completely Absolutely. found and made anew and there is yeah. nothing so broken nothing so broken in your life that God cannot mend it so many people how many people have you seen mm. you know in, in your sphere of influence in your work just brokenness and understanding and getting to see and watch God mm. work and yeah. just mend things mm. You know, um, he can tell you, maybe you're here today and there's a party that's just feeling broken. There's a party that's feeling like a little lost or there's a party that's feeling dead. God wants to do a transformative work and he could start that today if you're feeling that. Amen, yeah? Amen. That's good. Um, would you think, uh, we could sit here all day, like we, we've already gone over time. Um, we could sit here all day. We're going to keep having these awesome conversations, but would you thank Austin for just sharing with us today? Yeah.